Welcome to Nine Bob Note with Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Nine Bob Note. I am Paul Isles Rush. You've slowed it down this week. And, and I am Ken Moss. <laughs> it was a distinct effort. <laughs> Ken, what are we? Uh, what are we on today? Queer as folk. Mm. Now, if I mean, bear in mind this is a, a gay podcast. Um, I'm hoping that the gays will know what queer as folk is, and it won't need too much of an introduction. You would hope so. You would hope so. This 1999 series by Russell T. Davis, uh, a television god. I think it's fair to say. We have discussed it before in various arenas. It's quite personal to me and you because it was around the time when we were doing the circuit at everybody's university. I seem to remember either watching it or discussing bits of it at Jackie Hornby's uni in Hull before or after, possibly during, we'd been to Spiders. <laughs> if Spiders is, is still there in Hull. Check it out. <laughs> oh. But anyway, yeah. Um, it's more an esoteric question. For you, how much of a thing was it at the time? It was a a really big thing, especially because at the at the time when it came out, I wasn't out, mm. and it was kind of a, a tester because that kind of thing hadn't been on TV before. You know, there'd been the occasional film and documentaries and stuff, but as a, a mainstream drama that was on Channel Four and people actually watched, it wasn't tucked away at half past mm. eleven on a Thursday night. So it's kind of a good way of measuring people's reaction and seeing how, you know, how do people respond to the gays? I mean, the gay characters in it, or the majority of the gay characters in it, were largely sociopaths <laughs> <laughs> with no redeemable qualities. <laughs> so it didn't paint us in a great light. But, it, you know, it was, it was about the, the scene, you know, the, the going, going out, Canal Street was a real place and is a real place mm. where gay people get together. There's the clubbing scene and, oh, you know, all, all of that. It did, it did go on. It wasn't a fantastical exaggeration of things. And, and yeah, I mean, we've discussed it before. So the characters may not have been likable, but there are people like that. They, you know, they are based on real people. Mm. So yeah, it's, it was good. And we, we watched it again quite recently for one of your many other podcasts. <laughs> a myriad of, of television <laughs> yeah. and archive podcasts, yes. Exton Moss Experiment, check it out. <laughs> uh, and it was really good to go back and watch it again. And um, yeah, I enjoyed it. See, it's got a, a special place in my heart. It, uh, it didn't uh, convert me to the cause. I, I, I still don't pray at that particular church. But the, just the, being swept along, we were at precisely the right age, really, to, to fully appreciate that, I think. I mean, I remember watching that. I was utterly gripped for, for eight weeks. The memory cheats. It was only when we went back to watch it recently that I, I, there were only half-hour episodes. Yeah. I was quite convinced they were 50-minute things, but... Um, uh, but there were scenes in it. I can still picture clear as day, mm. 20 years later, having never watched it since. <laughs> and uh, there were issues raised in it that straight people didn't think about. They didn't question, you know, the basic things like the missionary position. That's not, um, it, it, sound, it does sound ridiculous saying it now. But at the time, it, well, I remember people having the discussion. Do gays have sex like that? <laughs> yeah. 
Yes, it does go on, apparently. Um, and then, because you were living in, in Manchester, were you living, you weren't living there at the time, were no, you? No, I was in Lancaster. But then, of course, within a, a couple of years, you were living in a, an apartment in Manchester. Mm. And we went out on Canal Street, and there was a definite vibe about it. I did, yeah. it, it's, I've not been to Canal, it, probably the last time I went was with you 20 years ago. <laughs> so um, we're, we're probably doing a nine-bob note on tour revisit. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I do remember one of my friends, David uh, Foster, God bless you, he's long since departed, but he said that Queer as Folk, to an extent, ruined Canal Street, and it's something that Simon Exton's called queer-watching, a term I would never dare use. (laughs) I'm still afraid of the word queer. It's got connotations that I don't think a straight man should use. Did you find that? Yeah, there there was an element, because it was like that down Canal Street, that, you know, and people saw these these guys on the TV going out and these amazing clubs and pubs and the, you know, the drag queens and, you know, everyone looked fabulous and all the men were really good looking. Mm. And, and it sort of evoked some, it started like a tourist <laughs> movement. So you, you get people to go down queer watching, I suppose, because the women would go down and say, Oh yeah, but the men are so good looking down there. We can just go. And, and you'd also get the, we go down there because we feel safe because they're not going to wear, you know, we're not going to get pounced on by all the, the men. And then, uh, but uh, you start to get a lot of hen parties and stuff like that. And yes, you know, we, we talk about inclusivity and things like that. And yeah, I, I don't think that there should be places that are, you can only come in if you're gay. We went out down there, you know, and there would be a group of us, 90% of us were straight. Yeah. And it wasn't a problem. But it's when you get the people who go just to, to be, you know, to be part of it. And it did, it took over, took it over a bit. And there was also an element that particularly straight women would go down and, you know, think it was appropriate and think that they were allowed to grope mm. gay men and, t- you know, take rip, rip their shirts open and stuff and kiss them and stuff, which, if you know, if you're, if you're looking at it in the cold light of day, it's assault. But, well, I, I would love to see the reaction if I went down Lesbian Street and started. Uh, yeah, the, I've just I've gone down Lesbian Street to look at all these really attractive women, and then uh, yeah, they'll give us your tits. <laughs> I don't think that I'd go down terribly. I think I might I find no. myself. Uh, so I, I wouldn't dream of uh, even attempting to be laughy jokey about anything like that. That, but it is. It, it why is it seen? Why is it okay to do it to men? Yeah, I'm not. It's never been. I mean, I've been. Uh, if if we want, want to go down that particular road, I have been assaulted many times on nights out in my life. But I just brush it off. It's yeah. not. I'm not saying that it's right. Um, I just. It doesn't particularly offend me. But you can't assume that it's not going to offend somebody else. No, no. It, it just just like um, I I don't know a woman's bum. I mean, obviously, nobody nobody would do it now. But let's say in the early 80s, yes, it was considered okay. It wasn't okay to do it. And there would be people who would be really offended by it. But you, you just sort of took it Not you. Mm, <laughs> Certainly no. not me. But anyway, <laughs> we, the, they, the people who did it, they took a risk. And it's that, it's that kind of thing that you don't know. So somebody who comes up and gropes you in a pub, they don't know how you're going to react. They don't know what your history is. And it's, yeah, it is. It's assault. Although we've veered off. We'll Wildly off, totally. We'll get back to queer as folk at some point. 
But uh, I, I read a tweet today from someone I follow on Twitter who, who went to a festival or something this weekend and he we- was wearing a kilt. Mm. And he really took issue with the amount of people who assume that it's okay... To lift it up to, and have a look. To lift it up, to put their hands up it, to even to just ask him, whoever goes up to someone at a in a pub or in any place and ask them what underwear they're wearing or if they are wearing underwear. And then to say, oh, well, you know, it's none of your business. Oh, well, I'm going to check. And, you know, like, what, what the hell? Again, <laughs> it's not, it's it is, it is wildly off topic. <laughs> You've just put me in mind there of a, a Sean Locke uh, routine. <laughs> Another one taken way, way too soon. Sure, oh, I love Sean Locke. But he said it's like people with... Glasses, you know, people don't just say, yeah, can I try your glasses on? And they'll just whip them off your face, whether you say it or not. They'll just, how can you see out of these? You're blind. You you wouldn't go up to somebody in a wheelchair and just tip them out and say, give us a go on your wheelchair. He made a very good point. Oh, Sean Locke. Uh, one of the the few comedians who made me cry with laughter. I'm sad that I'm really sad that he's gone. But, but dragging slightly off topic, dragging back, for the first time ever, I got made feel uncomfortable the other week. I was just having a, a drink in a pub and someone I've known a while, you know, a, a friend of mine, mid-twenties, said something and it made me feel, she was with her, her mates and said something and it was... It made me feel uncomfortable. I mean, really uncomfortable. It was it was drifting into an area I didn't want to go down, and it was clearly hilarious to all them. But I, it was it was as if I was the one. If I'd have said, "Look, enough now," that mm. I would have been the one in the wrong. Yeah, and it's my very very first experience of that. So. I think until you've actually experienced it, the full weight of things being a bit inappropriate. I don't know. We're not down Canal Street anymore, Toto. We are. No. <laughs> I don't know where we are. Oh, Diamond Lil. Do you remember Diamond Lil? Um, this. If anybody remembers Diamond Lil from Canal Street or Manchester, <laughs> do write in because we would love to know what happened to him. I seem to remember being in some. We'd run out of places to have a we drink. Were in at- the Thompsons. Is that what it was? I seem to remember yeah. it being under a hotel or some, some massive skyscraper thing. A car park. That'll. <laughs> mm, we knew where to drink in those <laughs> oh, days. Yeah. If it, it, it wasn't even a building; it was just the ground floor of the car park. <laughs> <laughs> no, and and I uh, wandered into uh, address the call of nature, and and there was this little old gay man. I think he was not dragged up, but I think he was made up to a point. Brace yourself in front of Diamond Lil, as he. <laughs> as he whipped out the old chap and stood in the urinal next to me. And it, it was, uh, that has gone down in history. I think I phoned you up at work one day and said, you know, <laughs> yes. he's Ken Diamond. <laughs> I was like, yes, this is very important. I need to take this. <laughs> uh, but yes, um, have you been to Canal Street recently? No, not. Oh, actually, we we went to Pride, and I thought it was quite recent, but Stuart told me that it was six years ago because Danny Minogue was performing. Mm. So we got tickets and we went, and we just got one-day tickets, and we went to see uh, Danny Minogue. And it, Canal Street's different at Pride, which, we you know, we've discussed. Mm. We've discussed it. We actually had a really good time. But then a couple of years ago, our friends... From America, Mark and Paul came over. Yes, splendid chaps. Yes, yeah. 
and uh, they we 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 went out to Manchester for the day, so we got we got the train up and did a bit of a bit of shopping, and then we said, well, we've got to go down, <laughs> we've got to go down Canal Street, and yeah, it was it was fairly bad. It was I think a Tuesday afternoon, so you know it was there, there was no DJs mm. or anything like mm. that on. It was just um, there was this one point this <laughs> this this person. Uh, of indeterminate gender came out of one of the pubs as we were walking and and started ranting at us for no reason so three of us walked (laughs) off but mark was like really intrigued by this person (laughs) and and he just like tried to engage them in conversation and well their name was rachel i think it was a boy in drag or it might have been you know a Mm. transgender woman or whatever they they said do you know do you know i am but like the makeup was clearly (laughs) still on from last night and right they clearly hadn't been home from last night they i don't know if they'd found this pub that was open (laughs) and just carried on drinking or whatever whatever they were doing and he said to mark you better watch out i'm the hardest bitch on this street (laughs) And then just walked off. Mark's like, hmm, strange. But yeah, that was our last experience of Canal Street. So I, I, I love the Texans because they've got this sort of bewildered awe about uh, Britain in general. And on a Facebook video a couple of weeks back, uh, there was this. Uh, there's been a, a spate of them recently where American girls have gone on making videos about how they live in Britain now and the differences between. And this this one girl from wherever she was from, she'd married a, an Englishman and uh, he came home from a, a funeral wrecked. Right. And <laughs> she was a recovering alcoholic. She said, I don't drink, I'm an, I'm an alcoholic, so I don't touch it. And I, I thought, oh my God, is this man an alcoholic as well? <laughs> but no, he's just British. <laughs> yeah, that's what we do at funerals. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's the biggest compliment I've ever heard from an American. <laughs> yeah. But but I, I do see this. Uh, we, at your wedding on the way home, on the drive home, we stopped at a brewery and a pub <laughs> on the way home. And they were just, how can <laughs> you still be drinking? <laughs> You're always on this. You, you never stop, you English. No, we don't. <laughs> we, we have nothing else to do. <laughs> So having veered wildly off Canal Street, um, (laughs) I'm going to steer us back to Canal Street and uh, Queer as Folk. Yes. I get the feather boas out and see, feather or not, Queer as Folk, big thing. It's not really for me to open the scoring on this because I'll I'll defer to the the gays first. (laughs) I think... This is, it, particularly at the time, it was really, really something big. It was something that, uh, you know, as you said, everybody watched. Uh, most people remember it. And it did open people's eyes and it changed attitudes. And it, I think it gave gay people the confidence. So, you know, when you talk about in Russell T. Davis uh, dramas there's always the the gay walking down the street with the music yeah playing. you can do something it. absolutely appalling the music strikes up and yeah but it it kind of made us all feel like we could be mm. we could be that person and it definitely helped i think a lot of people to come out or to realize who they who they were so and it's still still relevant yeah years later so i am going to crown it with five feather boas again got to concur even looking at it from uh, an outsider's perspective really it was a, a landmark piece of tv 
Mm. And it, it did open the floodgates on somewhat slowly, but it, <laughs> um, over the years, the, where there'd never been gay dramas and gay television before, they did start appearing yeah. um, to varying degrees of success. Metrosexuality, I'm looking at you. <laughs> um, well, that but, means one person. <laughs> Simon won't thank me for that. <laughs> uh, but no, it was, it was a big deal. And uh, yes, five out of five. Excellent. And maybe next time we talk about it, we'll actually talk about the series. <laughs> I don't really think that it's any great surprise that for this screening, Queens, I'm going to recommend that you all go out and watch Queer as Folk. Although not the second series, I believe that. I don't remember much about it, but I don't remember being blown away. I don't think... think Russell T. Davis wanted to do it. No, I think he was kind of forced into it. It was only a couple of episodes. Mm, I think there were yeah. two or three, yeah. Um, yeah, just watch. Just, just watch series one, yeah. Yeah, excellent. Well, we'll we'll call that a day, uh, but we'll be back next week with more tangents and curveballs. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye, kids. Bye. Nine Bob Node featured Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Title music was by Mark Scheiman, and the programme was produced by Maverick Productions. For more information, please visit maverickproductionsuk.blogspot.com or find us on social media.